bridge Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the flight attendants and pilots and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about puke, tulips, butter, Ebola, and beavers. (laughs) Let's get on with the show. So I was flying with this girl who's only been flying a few years and she never flies international. In the summertime, we have people flying things they don't normally fly. And uh, there were two stories, but I, I wish I flew with her more. And I wish I would have recorded when she told this the second story, but it's okay. I'll tell it to you. But so the first story is kind of a non-story, but is entertaining to us. Out of Europe, we get the butter for the meal service in first class is a cylinder. It's just like a little thin round and it's in foil and it's twisted at the ends and that's the butter. And people think it's candy or chocolate and you'll see somebody. Okay, now this shouldn't be funny, but you have to entertain yourself at work. You'll see somebody just bite into it thinking it's like white chocolate and then they go like they spit it out when they realize it's just they're just biting into butter and so uh somebody was telling that story and uh one of the flight attendants goes oh yeah this passenger goes this white chocolate is terrible and she said that's because it's butter and just then the girl the new girl who doesn't fly international takes it out of her pocket like sheepishly and says I thought it was candy. I was saving it for later. <laughs> she had a butter in her pocket. <laughs> so the second story about this flight to him. I wish I had the recorder out, but I've been doing the podcast a very, 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 very long time. And I've heard versions of this story and I have never, ever run into someone who actually did it. She did it. So... She was doing her very first international trip to Ireland. And the the purser and the other crew members were all very serious. And after the service, the purser called her specifically and said she was getting drug tested and she needed to get a sample. And she told her to go pee in a cup in the bathroom. This flight attendant went in the bathroom with the plastic airline cup and peed in it. She peed in it. 
I could, I I was like speechless when she was telling the story because I've heard people trying to get people to do the story. I've heard versions where you wonder if it's really real, but this was her and she had done it and she said she went in the bathroom and she thought it was weird, but she was new and she was trying to do what she was supposed to do and the other flight attendants had their samples on the counter, which of course were apple juice. It's the apple juice pee drug testing thing that nobody ever falls for but this girl fell for <laughs> i mean because that that pee must have been hot she's what she's in her uniform she's walking out with her with her glass of pee and then the the purser very seriously said i know it sounds strange but what you have to do is you have to drink half of it and she said that's when she went i hate you pee. it occurred to her then that this was a joke and she had fallen for it but good lord, she had actually got in there and peed in a cup. Look at me. I'm well, this happened years ago okay. when I was a brand new flight attendant. And I was based in Detroit. And I was working the Convair, which is a small airplane with just one flight attendant. Right. And we were leaving from Minneapolis to go to some other cold destination. <laughs> And we were boarding using the stairs yeah. up to the airplane. So we're standing outside, you know, right inside the airplane. The customers came up and the captain was standing, it was very cold. And the captain was standing right beside me. And this woman walked up the, the, the stairs and she had on this big fur coat. And you know, like the fur was kind of up in her face and she looked over and she said, oh, there's frost on my beaver. And the, and the captain didn't miss a beat. The captain just said, oh, well, my condolences to your husband. <laughs> it was hilarious. That is fantastic. She, she laughed. I laughed. The captain laughed. It was Wait, just, it was just a fun story. frost on my beaver, but it was a beaver coat? It was a beaver coat. So, you know, beaver coats have that really long hair that kind of sticks up. <laughs> I don't think she really realized no. what she was saying, but it, it didn't matter. It was still hilarious. Oh, there's frost on my beaver. <laughs> don't touch me. of the universal truths in life is the universe hates smug. <laughs> so, you know, I never got COVID and uh, just in casual conversation lately, it's been like, did you get COVID? Did you get COVID? Did you have, did you have COVID? Uh, on my last trip of the 10 flight attendants, Three of them had it in the last month and a half since we've got rid of the masks. Uh, but, you know, so often everybody had had it and I kept saying, well, I never got it. I never got it. You know, people say like, oh, maybe it's your blood type. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's my blood type. I don't know. Never got it. Uh, and then, wachow. <laughs> smack you across the face. You didn't get it. I didn't get it. Maybe it's my blood type. Maybe I'm just too good for it. And 
I got COVID. Uh, I was home two days after being at work and I went swimming that morning like normal, got home and went, I need to take a nap. I don't take naps. Unless I'm at work where I'm not getting any sleep and or a crew rest. I never take a nap at home. Ever. Ever. And I, I took a nap. And I was already going, hmm, hmm. Something might be up here. Uh, later on, I get up. And I heard other people talk about it. But this is my experience. It's like the battery on your iPhone. I'm usually at 99%. I'm like a little ball of energy. And uh, that day, it's like it was at 2%, like flashing red. Like I <laughs> I had to take another nap. <laughs> then anytime I did anything, I'd do something and I'd have to go lay down. I'd do something, I'd have to go lay down. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't get COVID. My blood type is great. <laughs> um, I, I was looking for, there's a couple humorous things here. Uh, I was looking for my emergence C. I'm also thinking maybe it's still just a bad cold. Uh, and it, you know, it's like vitamin C and vitamin D. And I knew I had some, I take, keep it at work in case I feel something coming on and I have a bag of work stuff and I was thinking it must be in there. So I'm just trying to go through a bag of work stuff. And I took a couple things out of the bag. I'd have to lay down. I took a couple more things out of the bag. I'd have to lay down. I couldn't even go through a bag of stuff sitting down. That's how tired I was. So I actually I had no appetite. I just went to bed. It didn't have dinner. Went to bed at 6.30. Couldn't sleep. I was like uh, body aches. And I was just laying there for hours. Um, took a test the next day. And big surprise. <laughs> I have COVID. Which Anyway, I didn't have a um, trip scheduled because I've been dropping my trips and picking up better trips. Anyway, I didn't have a trip scheduled, so I didn't have to call in sick, but I called the airline because I wanted to make sure I followed the correct protocol in coming back to work. Um, that was my main concern, and I am so glad I called the airline because I got assigned a caseworker, and what I'm glad about is I could have really messed up my trip to Canada. We all have our priorities, right? I'm going to see the beluga whales in Churchill, Canada. I can't, because what she said to me is, oh, you know, this is like at the end of the call. We already discussed, okay, um, I can go back to work Tuesday um, if I don't have any more symptoms, blah, blah, blah. We do the whole protocol about coming back. I'm like, okay, thank you. And she goes, oh, by the way, oh, thank goodness. Oh, by the way, you're probably going to test positive for three months. And I was like, because, you know, right now, Canada, you still need to have a negative PCR test for uh, 72 hours before entry into Canada. And then I'm going to be positive. And she goes, yes. And I said, oh, I have some international travel plan. She goes, oh, then you're probably going to want to get, I just took a home test. And she said, you're going to want a PCR test because if you're going to test positive before you're going into a country, you're going to need a PCR test for when you tested positive in the past and then a letter of recovery from a doctor saying that, you know, you could test positive for the next three months, but you're, you've recovered from COVID in this amount of time. And I was like, oh, oh, 
Oh, all right. Thank goodness you told me any of this because I could have just messed up my trip to see the beluga whales. Uh, so I, I also, though, it's weird because she's like, isolate. I'm fine isolating. Uh, I decided to, I, well, I was, I'm, I, I'm on day four and I'm still sick. Uh, I don't know if it sounds in my voice, but my energy's back, which is great. I'm just coughing and blowing my nose like all day long, which is fine. And uh, I'm getting stuff done around here. Uh, but it was weird because she's like, isolate, but go get a PCR test. And I thought, well, that doesn't seem very nice to the people that I'm going to go get the PCR test from because I know I'm positive and I'm still most likely contagious. So I made my PCR my PCR test appointment for the day before I can go back to work because I should probably not be contagious at that point. I wear a mask and gloves and um anyway as a rule in the universe don't be smug Well, this story could be offensive. I should probably just put a disclaimer out in front of every episode. Well, this story could be offensive. This story could be offensive. But just a lot of the stories are possibly offensive. Anyway, I'm working an Amsterdam flight. And a girl who flies it a lot got a present from somebody. They must have ordered it on Amazon. A Dutch apron. So it has a windmill and tulips. You know, it's a it's a Dutch apron, and so she wears it on her Amsterdam flights. It's very sweet. We used to have a um, Hawaii-specific apron when our to work on our Hawaii flights, which I, is just kind of nice when you do something like that. So she's wearing her apron with the tulips and the windmills and the wooden shoes, and a passenger said to her, and she said, you know, of course, you can picture she's standing in the aisle working, and you can picture where his eye level is and he said I like your tulips <laughs> tulips and she wanted to say I know what you're saying <laughs> but she just let it go as I like your tulips this is next stories is unusual for a couple reasons but the boring part of the unusualness of the story is that I was recording it. She was telling it. I didn't realize my batteries ran dead as she was telling it. So I'll finish the story for her. So about seven years ago, I was on a flight from Dallas, Fort Worth to Atlanta, 757. And I was the... You were in charge, yeah. I was in charge. So the captain in his briefing said, I want you to stay seated because it's going to be severely bumpy. Get up, sure enough, it is really, really turbulent. It's bouncing around and stuff. Well, it's so bad, you know, the back of this 757, how it gets really, really bumpy back yeah, there. Yeah, like fishtails. So this little boy, he, he's, he's, he's getting sick, right? So he, he gets up and the flight attendant's like, no, you have to stay seated. Yeah. You really have to stay seated. So it's really, I mean, it was moderate to severe turbulence couldn't so he jumps up to go to the bathroom and vomits he projectile vomits on the door right so it's sliding down the door so I thought they, you were going to say on the flight <laughs> no so they jump up and they're 
you know, so they're trying to clean it up. Well, the smell was awful. And so that created a domino effect. So now, long story short, there's about eight people oh my that are vomiting. Because it's like of, a vomit comet. It is. It is. So, like the vomit patrol. So they call, they run out of supplies back here to clean it up and stuff. We're still bumping around, whatever. So I'm like, I'll do what I can. I'll, I'll see what I can do to come back to, to help you bring supplies back to you. So I'm trying to, you know, hold on, hold on and get back here to clean up the stuff. And so then I come back up to the, to the front of the plane and there was a service dog in row 10. Right. Well, apparently the dog got very nervous also. And I mean, this was severe turbulence. So, from the time that I go to the back, to back up to the front, the dog had come up there into the galley and defecated. Oh. In my galley. Oh my gosh. So I come back up and I'm like, oh boy. So, boy, what a day, right? So, and this is at this was the early flight, too. It was like 6 a.m. in the morning. This is not a way to start the day, but it's, it's comical in a way. So, now I have to handle this, yeah, to clean that up. And the dog had just done its business and come right back, and it was you know, the dog was fine. <laughs> so, I'm trying to clean this up, but because of the circulation there, now the whole plane smelled like food. So that triggered about six or seven more people. Oh my gosh! To get sick. Like, can we please just land? Can we defer? Can we do what? Please, you know. So now the whole plane's on my poop and bomb. So then the story got really crazy, and I don't know you're thinking. What? What? She's got, they've got like over 20 people throwing up and the dog pooping. That's not crazy enough. No, that's not crazy enough. So the one flight in the back was, uh, I guess she has a gag re reflex and now she's totally freaked out because really, have you ever seen this many people vomiting in such a small confined space? And the smell must have been really bad. And we have these universal precaution kits, um, so you get a gown and a mask and a face shield and gloves that go all the way up to your shoulders. You know, you it's like, you know, in case you're in contagion or and now we just had the coronavirus. Anyway, so she puts on that whole get up. And at this point in time, this was years ago now, before the pandemic, but during Ebola. And Ebola was super scary, right? So these passengers are, everybody's throwing up and then they got the poop smell. And then they see this flight attendant in full contagion gear. And some passenger yells, somebody on the plane has Ebola. Somebody on the plane has Ebola. And then she said, it just like erupted. People were screaming and yelling and he still had all the throw up smell and the poop smell. And she had to get on the PA and say, calm down. There's no Ebola. It's just poop and vomit. Just poop and vomit. Sit down. My 
you guys know I like to invest, but I've been nervous about crypto since I just don't know enough about it. I found this Copy My Crypto membership site that shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy them. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply just do what he does. So let me tell you a little bit about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which has over 17,000 subscribers and 1 million views. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put in 100 bucks into each one, it would now be worth over $53,000. Of those 26 coins, his top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up 410 times from when he said. That one call alone has let some people retire, even young people in their 20s and 30s. So if you would like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, head over to copymycrypto.com slash Betty. My listeners get full access for just a dollar. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash Betty. That's B-E-T-T-Y. So I'm in the gatehouse about to get on my commuter flight to work in my uniform. Okay. And... I see this man, nice dress, tall, and I think, oh, I know him. Is he, is he a flight attendant? Is he a pilot? And then I go, oh, 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 <laughs> it's an actor. Now, this is kind of a girl show, but if you've ever seen the series Outlander, the Scottish series, um, my mother loved the books. My sister loved the books. I read some of the books, and I've seen most of the TV show. And uh, so just for you people who don't and haven't and shan't ever see the show, it's like somebody going back in time. So, and she meets this handsome, virile, redheaded Scottish man, but she has her boring husband at home in the other time. Okay. So it's the boring husband that I see at the airport, but he's not just the, that actor. It doesn't just play the boring husband. He plays the bad guy back in the Scottish time and he rapes the main character. And it's a terrible, vicious rape. I mean, it's a terrible scene. Never anything you'd want to ever see twice. Just horrible. But, um, however, uh, this, I don't know what station this series originally played on, but there's full frontal nudity in both of these actors in this rape scene. And the guy who plays the boring husband and the really bad guy who's raping the good guy, uh, let's just say um, whew, he's uh, impressive. <laughs> Uh, he's well endowed and it, I wasn't expecting it. So now I'm looking at the guy in the airport and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've seen his wang. Uh, now, of course, I'm not going to say that to him. Oh, hey, I've seen your wang. Uh, but I'm thinking of it and he keeps looking at me. I don't know if he's looking at me because I'm smiling. I'm smiling at him. <laughs> and he's thinking, why is this woman smiling at me? I don't know. But I was kind of thinking, well, what could I say to him? You know, uh, he's actually, uh, I actually looked him up and I actually, sorry, this is the offensive part. I actually rewound that scene just a little bit. 
Because <laughs> he was so impressive. Anyway, but regardless of that, he's a very, 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 very impressive actor because he was just as convincing as the dull husband as the horrible, horrible bad guy. I mean, he is, I think, one of the best actors out there, honestly. And I was thinking I could say something like that, not something like, oh, yeah, I saw your show. You're very impressive actor. <laughs> anyway, I didn't say anything. But the funny part about the story was I see another girl in her uniform. And I know that this show is kind of a girl show. Um, so I go up to her, never seen her before. And I go, hey, have you ever seen the Outlander series? And she goes, how did you know that's my favorite series? And I said, I don't know that it's your favorite series because I've never seen you before. But the actor that played Frank and the bad guy is over there. And she was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> sometimes it's just fun to share. I kind of feel like there's a conspiracy to keep me from working during this crazy, delayed, canceled, understaffed summer. <laughs> I had every intention of doing a lot of working. Then I got COVID, wah, wah, wah. Uh, and I didn't have any trips scheduled, so um, didn't get paid for that. And uh, then, 4th of July weekend, going to Frankfurt. And I have four friends, four flight attendants who I really enjoy their company on the trip. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm in my uniform. I'm getting ready to go to the airport, put my suitcase in my car, and wah, 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 totally flat tire, like down, out for the count. And it's like, I got to get to the airport. I got to catch my commuter flight. I got a flight that day. And holy crap, I don't have a car. Now I live an hour from the airport. Oh, so, you know, I'm not going to ask one of my neighbors here or friends because it'd be like two hours and then to pick me up and be like, it's another two hours. That's like a four hour thing. So now I'm firing on all cylinders because I don't have a lot of time and I got to get to the airport. So the first thing I did, okay, I'm like priority, priority, get back in the house in my uniform. Okay, put your trip on the swap board. It's a good trip. Maybe someone will take it, but they were going to have to take it within like 30 minutes or else I got to get to the airport and then that's pushing it. So next, okay, I can rent a car. I'll rent a car, but no, I don't have a car to get to a rental car place. I'll do enterprise, enterprise. They, they, they come and pick you up. They don't, it's Saturday and a holiday weekend. They're not open and at least not, you know, in an Island area. It's not like a big metropolis that maybe they'd always be open, but no, they're not open. Okay. Okay. Uh, the other rental car places. Well, it's a holiday weekend and there aren't that many rental cars and a rental car for the three days would be like $500. And it's like, wah, wah, wah. okay, okay. What other option do I have? Uber. Now Uber is going to be expensive because I live an hour, but it's got to be less than $500 round trip, right? So I'm about to do the Uber thing and somebody picked up my trip. Yahoo! <laughs> Yay! Yahoo! I don't have to do all of this craziness trying to get to work. But then I think, okay, now I still have this dead car. Uh, I call AAA and I say, 
can you come put air in the tire and then I will take it to go get repaired or replaced, right? Okay, I'm thinking, okay, got this, no problem. They come, you know, it takes a while, it's a holiday weekend, put air in the tire, it's now drivable, yay! I have a Fiat, a little tiny car with little tiny wheels. It's not repairable and nobody, nobody has this car. It has to be special ordered. And a lot of the places are just closed. They're not open until Tuesday. Um, I called around, called around, went to multiple places. Nope. You can't get the tires till, this is Saturday, till Tuesday. And it's like, all right, I guess I'm not supposed to go to work. <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to have some quality time at home just like a couple weeks ago with the COVID. So consequently, when I'm not working and not flying, I have a little less stories for the podcast. So I have, see, I never know if I should do this, if it's PC or kosher or whatever, if you're allowed, but there was a great story from another podcast. And I figure it's okay if I say the podcast, it was on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and it's a story from Molly Shannon, and she was promoting her book, Hello, Molly, a memoir, and this is a really good airplane story. Your dad, kind of a go-for-broke attitude, not conventional, almost rules don't apply attitude Mm -hmm. towards um, how you kids should see life. This time that he just kind of dared you and your sister at a young age to get on a plane by yourself. See if you can get on a plane by yourselves and go somewhere. Yes, exactly. With no plan and no... Nothing. He didn't even think that you would do it, did he? No, he did not think that we would do it. It was actually me and my friend, Anne Ramped, who was my childhood friend. He was like, you should do that. That would be the greatest dare. And we were like very young I think maybe like 11 and 13 or we were really young yes he dared us and he never thought we would do it and one summer day we were like we're gonna do it but we figured if that didn't work to get on a plane get on some flight we would take go back and take a ballet class so we dressed in leotards because <laughs> we were really into ballet so sure. we had pink leotards on with skirts and we had a change of clothes in a plastic bag and a few dollars that was it but how did and you even buy a ticket we didn't buy tickets so basically what we did was we got we took the rapid transit and shaker to cleveland hopkins airport and we looked at the monitor and there was like a flight going to san francisco and a flight to new york and i was like let's take the one to new york and we were like yes and this is before you know 9 11 there was no security so you could walk straight up to the gate and then we went up to the gate and we said to the stewardess who was checking passengers on the plane we just said oh would it be okay if we go say goodbye to um my sister it'll just be so quick and she was like oh sure go ahead girl <laughs> so we just like sprinted down the runway in our pink leotards with our hair and, buns. Oh and we were like and it wasn't a very crowded flight, so we just went to the back, and then we ducked down so she couldn't see us. And then she forgot about us. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the plane's getting ready to take off, and we were like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so we grabbed one of those hands, and we were like, just silently, like, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And then we were like, shh, up in the air. And we were like, squeezing one another dying and we were so excited and then she came over you know like 15 no 15 minutes later to ask us what we wanted to drink or eat as a snack that same stewardess and she was like 
she looked like she was going to faint. Oh. She was like, can I get you ladies something to drink? Oh, she and knew that yes, she had been had. She knew. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we thought we might get busted on the way out when the plane finally landed. We were like, are we going to get in trouble? But we did not. We just <gasps> like, you know, went down the runway and then we got to the front to exit the plane and she was just like, Bye, ladies. Oh, my God. Have a nice She didn't want to get in trouble. I would do the same thing. I know. Bye. Like this. She looked really scared. We were like, we're in New York City. <laughs> and we, yeah, we were 11 wow, okay. and 12. And we, and because we in a way, I could see this flight <laughs> attendant thinking, if I don't acknowledge this, <laughs> it's not my screw up. Yep. So maybe these two kids are never heard from again, but... Doesn't doesn't come back doesn't to me. Doesn't come back to me. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Oh and we didn't God. have any money. So we were like, uh, I had never been, you know, I'd heard about places in New York City on the television. So I was like, let's go to Rockefeller Center. That's sure. where we wanted to go. Isn't wow. that weird? Yeah. So we just asked strangers, like, how do you get to Rockefeller Center? <laughs> and they were like, so we oh had God. to take the subway from the airport. So we walked. It's like a 30 minute walk. So yeah. we walked and we jumped the turnstiles because we didn't have any money. And then we got to New York I City. I love that you're in. And keep in mind, you're, you're dressed in ballet tutus the whole time. Yeah, it was like two little ballerinas on a crime spree in New York City. This is amazing. And then we were hungry and we went to a diner and we dined and dashed. We were like, we were just really bad. We stole things all day, like I Love New York t-shirts. And, and then we called my dad. <laughs> and how did that go over? It was fine because he couldn't be mad because he had dared us to do it. So he was like, oh, my God, Mally. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. But he, he was excited, but he was also like he couldn't believe we pulled off the prank. So he couldn't be mad because he'd given us permission. Yeah. And then he called Jolene Ramped, Ann's mom, and she broke out in cold sores. She was like, oh, my God. And then my dad said, listen, why don't you try to find a place to stay for the night? And Mary and I will <laughs> drive. You're allowed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like 11 and 12. Oh what year is this, too? Oh like, what God. kind of New York are we talking about? 70s? 80s yeah, well, New York? it's like 70. Six? Yeah. yeah, this is Taxi Driver. This is Taxi Driver. This is French Connection. <laughs> You're driving around. Yeah, this is the worst New yeah. Sid Vicious is in the hotel room next to you. Oh, my God. Oh. This, is, this is in New York. Oh, see if you can check out the Chelsea Hotel. It might be a good place for you to crash. Oh Go down God. to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, check okay. out CBGB's. They fit in perfectly. They were two little criminals yeah. just stealing. Unbelievable! Did you, were you like scared? You're a gang no, from no, Warriors. So where did you where did you stay that night? So we went and checked into a couple like nice hotels, like in the Times Square area. And we we would ask, you know, could we stay? And my dad would call the hotel and say, "We're gonna be there. We'll we'll arrive like at midnight tonight." But of course, the hotel said, "No, we can't be responsible for two minors." He goes, "But they'll wait in the lobby." No, 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 no. We need an adult in person with a credit card. So then my dad said, well, you got to come back home. So And he was like, and I'm not paying for it. So <laughs> figure it out. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. Wow. So we had a full, fun, crazy day in New York City and the best day ever. And then when it started to get dark, we headed back to the airport and again, no cash. So we just sprinted over the turns out back to JFK, looked for flights to Cleveland. But now in New York City, these flights were much more crowded. So we got up to the gate of one, tried to get on and seat, but 
a sneak on a seat, same thing. Can we say goodbye to my sister? And then they, people kept coming up. I'm sorry, this is my seat. Is there some mix up? Then we moved to another seat. Excuse me, this is our seat. It was a fully packed flight. So we came back out, called my dad, and he was like, all right, I'll, I'll put it on my credit card, but you need to pay me back with your babysitting money. <gasps> so we did fly home, and he picked us up, and we did celebrate. And then we did eventually pay him back with all our babysitting. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's just insanity. It was so fun. Wake me up. Lay me on a cloud. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon and I have everything. You decided to go to my website first, bettyinthesky.com. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought Amazing Spaceship Adventures, the box set. That sounds cute. And then somebody else bought Mineral Fusion Brush on Sunscreen. Now, I use a brush on sunscreen. It doesn't work like, I used the liquid one before I leave the house, but the, the brush-on one is really great for, like, touch-up during the day. And I'd also like to thank Thompson for his generous donation. So thank you so much. If you're going to go on Amazon, just consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It doesn't cost you anymore, and I thank you so very much. Sun is shining bright now. I'm on a flight. She said, you wouldn't believe what happened to me the other day. So please, tell me. She said, we're coming back from Paris. And a young girl who was working up front during galley said, I'm just going to go sit in the back for a minute. So it was after takeoff. She goes to sit in the back. There are a couple of extra seats back there. So when the 10,000 bell went off, the other girl said, well, where is she? She's supposed to be back here, you know. So someone went back to tell her it was okay to go back up and start doing the galley and getting everything ready. And she said, oh no, I won't be doing that. And I, I said, won't well, be doing that? Well, why won't you be doing that? And she ha- handed up uh, her phone and said, because I just quit. Oh my gosh. She was tired of the job. <laughs> Had had enough. That was it for her. Anymore. <laughs> Couldn't take it anymore. But she decided to quit in flight. She was going to make it home that way. <laughs> That's amazing. This flight attendant was telling me the story, and she prefaced it by saying, As God is my witness, I swear this happened, and God is my witness. And I was like, All right. <laughs> I believe you. She said it was a long, long time ago. We served a lot of meals back then. And, you know, actually, I looked this up because I thought, what do we in the airline industry call flights legs? I, and I really didn't find a adequate answer, if you ask me. But we always say, you know, oh, I have four legs today or I've, I have three legs today. You know, it's how many flights you have. It's just, we just, it's a terminology we use and... I don't know where it comes from. Anyway, she said they were boarding a flight and this man says to her, uh, is there a meal on this flight? And she said, no, this leg's too short. And she looks down and the guy only has half of a leg. This leg's too short. She said she felt horrible. So 
people seem to want me to watch these flight attendant TV shows. So there was the Pan Am show with Margot Robbie, and now there's the the flight attendant with Kaylee Cuoco. So it's like, okay, I'll watch it. So I'm a little late to it. But one thing I find curious, both of these flight attendant shows involve espionage, spies, CIA agents, this kind of thing. And I've been flying for decades and uh, zero espionage. Zero espionage. Nothing. Nada. Zippo. Haven't seen a single spy. <laughs> now, there, granted, there have been some smugglers because um, there was that one who she was going through known crew member and they said she had to go through the regular security. And I actually flew with a guy who was at the airport in line when that girl took her shoes off and left her luggage and ran. <laughs> I think she had a bunch of cocaine in her bag. And uh, so, yes, there's there's been some smuggling, but absolutely no CIA agents, spies, espionage. Because you know why? A flight attendant would make a bad, bad CIA agent or spy because we are tired. <laughs> We get into Europe, we take like a three-hour nap, and you know, that's not what you want in a CIA agent. <laughs> Sleep deprived. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Oh, there's frost on my beaver. <laughs>